everybody. Welcome to the Vanquish Your Business Demons podcast. I'm Julia Stock and I am joined once again by the fabulous Vicky Henderson. Hello, darling. Hello. This week, we are talking about the fact that it's not the end of the world. Yep, we are. Um, Definitely not the end of the world. Even though wherever you look on media, social media, everybody's talking about energy prices, inflation, the fact that we're going into recession. Um, I spotted a post by somebody who I respect enormously the other day talking about the hundreds and thousands of small businesses that are going to fold in the ensuing, you know, the forthcoming economic tsunami. And I thought he was talking cobblers. But that's just me. Yeah, it's an interesting one because they talked about this um, back at the beginning of the pandemic and there was an element of truth in it, but it's a very different situation now to the pandemic. We're not actually being shut down. Um, so it, this time it's very much more at, you know, looking at what you're doing, why you're doing it, how you're doing it and how you're going to adapt to what's going on or if you just ignore the noise in the background and keep going as you're going um, and not get bogged down in it from a mindset of point of view, there is a lot to be said for that, which is focus on what you can influence, which is your business, your behavior, etc. And if you can't influence it, you just have to kind of put it to one side. Yes, I don't want to demean people who are currently experiencing real hardship. That's not what this is about. Um, there are an awful lot of people who had a truly dreadful pandemic. Yeah. And having a recession so soon after the pandemic for a lot of people and a number of my clients feels like the final straw. Yeah. They're done. But they're not done necessarily from a business perspective they are done from an energy and mindset perspective. They yeah. have decided that life is too short and they want to go and do something else instead. So the fight has gone out of them and that's entirely a mindset thing, isn't it? Yes, um, it's, you know, the last two and a half years have expended a lot of everybody's mental and emotional energy. Yep. Um, you know, I, I would at the beginning of the pandemic put myself in that category as well. Um, you know, as a mindset coach, we're not immune to this stuff. Um, and it might just feel that it's a step too far now. I just can't keep going anymore it's a little bit like walking up a really big mountain and you get to what you think is the top you go over the ridge thinking yes i'm there only to see that there's a plateau and then a whole load more mountain to go that's just running a business in life it is running a business in life but i feel at the moment that people are getting to the top of you know they almost feel that they're at the top of their everest yeah only to discover there's still you know, K2 is, is in the yes. distance. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. I don't even know if those are next to each other. That's just my personal geography. Um, yeah, one's higher than the other. I've got that the wrong way around. But, you know, other than that. Well, I, I, except yeah, it doesn't really matter because if you've got to the top of Everest, 
yeah. and you're discovering another mountain nearly as high yeah that's still hideous um yeah. a lot of these decisions are wrapped up in value for money mm-hmm. but from the opposite perspective it's the value we're gaining and the money we're gaining from the effort that we're putting in is the return we are getting from our business so maybe this is more return on investment than value for money um is the return we're getting from running the business financially emotionally worth it yeah and as a business owner we are allowed and we should be saying no from time to time yeah um we it should be ringing alarm bells which you know it is because if you're self-aware enough that you're you're feeling very like i have no mental or emotional energy left to do this the return on the investment is not doing what i need it to um it, yeah it it's a horrible horrible place to be yeah and you sit you're sat there thinking i have put so much time effort money heart etc emotion into this into my baby yeah and then and this is where i find myself businesses are such ungrateful children they are very ungrateful (laughs) they're worse than the worst behaving child or or animal you could possibly imagine sometimes but they also give us enormous sense of joy satisfaction and yeah you've got to trade off that thing of if you had the nous and the entrepreneurialism and the self-motivation to start and run your own business, the other question we have to ask ourselves is, are you going to be truly happy going back into being employed? Because as a self-employed person, you get to be quite badly behaved and get away with it in terms of things like work-life balance, not having to ask people permission to do things um when you choose to work how hard you choose to work um what you choose to do at work um all of which gets stripped away completely as soon as you go back into employment the other thing of course we have to ask ourselves is whether or not we are employable mm-hmm. and whether or not somebody will want to employ us um don't know about you but you know back when i was running a team and recruiting people i would always look skeptically upon the people who had run their own business previously yeah because they've forgotten their house training yeah they have and interestingly um i i i've had the same debate with myself in the past over my business Mm -hmm. uh when it was struggling and it was, you no, know, I couldn't go back. Um, mentally, I had a real problem with it, but I actually put a few feelers out right at the beginning and I thought, okay, let's make some applications. Mm-hmm. And where previously in my life, I pretty much could guarantee I'd get an interview if I did an application. I'm not bad at it. Nothing, tumbleweed. Yeah um and i think that's that is one of the things that i didn't certainly think uh through potentially when i went self-employed was how do others perceive you if you then say well actually i don't want to do this anymore i want to go back to a job um and and it's very interesting being out there seeing how that works 
yeah it's there'll be people who view you as a threat yeah because you've got a skill set they don't have um but by and large yeah they're questioning whether or not you're going to be an utter pain in the backside to live with to manage are you going to do as you are told and the reality is you would struggle to do as you're told now um i i know that you know going back into employment is something i could never do mainly because i was in charge before so i'm definitely unemployable <laughs> nobody would touch me with a 10-foot barge pole all right then um and it gives you a you know but that doesn't mean you have to be stuck in your current business doing what you're currently doing in the current way that you're doing it and i know people are pivoted out but we're about to have to pivot again aren't we we are yeah and there's a lot of business people out there who find change very challenging yep which uh, is a mindset thing which is a mindset thing um because the only thing that's certain in life is change and you've got to get with it if you get with it it's a lot easier if you fight it it's really hard work um and you know a lot of this stuff is a mindset thing we tell ourselves stories and we convince ourselves of things when actually and then we go around telling everybody that this is the situation when actually there are other options out there and it's that's when actually you need to sit down with somebody whether it's a coach whether it's another business owner whether it's a trusted friend who you know will tell you the truth which is the important point which is the important point and just say What's your perspective on this? Yes. And listen to it. Don't fight it. Listen to it. Take it on board. It's not a criticism of you personally. It is someone else's perspective of what they see from the outside. And a lot of the time, people aren't very good at taking that criticism. But what you should actually do, or that feedback, should I say, is just say thank you. And then actually go, that was really interesting. <laughs> because you can't ever see it from somebody else's perspective. So take it on board, take what they're seeing, and then that gives you more information. And let's face it, data and information is what is useful to help us make better decisions. Yes, knowledge is power. Yeah. Um, and as the business owner, we are too close. It's too personal. Um, and... We also have to remember that two thirds of small business owners have never run a business before. So we can be amazing and expert at the subject of what our business is about. But that doesn't mean that we know everything about running a business. We don't. We're experiencing issues we've not dealt with before. Why do we think we have the skills and knowledge to do it? If you talk to a lot of insolvency practitioners, that's a positive happy angle for today. One of the key things that breaks their hearts is business owners fighting it for too long. Um, for them fighting almost too hard and often bankrupting themselves in the process because they don't get the right help soon enough. Um, and we see insolvency practitioners as failure. I know that I did when um, our business, our old business was forced to shut down. Um, it felt awful. You know, loads of mindset nonsense there. 
but actually through setting up this new business, Be Astute, um, networked with a couple of really great insolvency practitioners. And these people have a skill set that is really useful when your business is struggling. So yes, you want to have a conversation with a business expert, but do not be afraid of reaching out to an insolvency person and going, just how stuffed am I? Um, because they can do stuff that can help you. They can work magic that nobody else can work. Um, there you go. That was my advert for the insolvency industry. <laughs> but it's an important part of it because we go to people like our accountant thinking that they are wizards and gods and we imbue them with properties and knowledge and skills that they just don't have. And then we wonder why we don't get the service that we're looking for. And that's because we've asked the wrong person. Yeah, absolutely. Or we've asked the right person the wrong question. Yeah. Or, yeah, we've stuck our heads in the ground for so long that even if you ask the right question, the answer isn't going to be one you want to hear. Also, an awful lot of people, you know, an accountant looks at your books. If you've been putting things in the wrong place or your books are all over the place, your accountant can't give you the answer. You know, as business owners, we have to take responsibility for managing our finances and understanding our numbers and being in control and know what's happening in our business. And if we are feeling out of control, it is our responsibility to get back into control, not somebody else's. Yeah. And there are so many business owners out there who, for whatever reason, and a lot of it is mindset orientated, don't look at their figures. They don't look at their accounts. They're not up to date on an ongoing basis. They don't actually know where they are. Mm hmm. They, they know what's in the bank account. Well, that's all good and well. Yep. But they don't actually know where they are. I tend to find that people who have got bigger businesses are better at this because they know they've got VAT to pay. They know they've got tax to pay, which is going to be big. And they kind of do some advanced planning on that, although not all of them. Um, but there are a lot of the smaller business owners. They just haven't got a clue. They don't know how many invoices. If you ask them, how many invoices are you issuing a month? That's not a figure that they have to mind or that they're tracking to check that their business is moving in the right direction. They don't necessarily know what their costs are. They don't know, which is what we talked about the other week. They don't know yep. what the fixed costs are, the variable costs are. They don't actually know what the profit margin is. And without knowing all of these figures, how can you possibly know where you are? You're making decisions, you're making mindset assumptions based on a complete lack of information. Yes. Which is then potentially getting your knickers in a knot for no reason. Yes. Or cruising along thinking everything's fine because everything's always fine and then realising that it's not. Yes. And then you go into mass panic. And, yeah. and create... the end of the world is nigh. Well, the end of the world might be nigh. Yes. Um, but it would be nice to perhaps be running in a slightly more business grown up manner so that we perhaps had an early warning system for the end of the world. Yes. Um, and 
you know, lots of people are stressing about things like the energy bill, prices going up. Businesses, of course, in the UK are exempt from our supposed energy price cap. That was a great invention that doesn't seem to be working. No. Um, and yeah, you know, one of the things we can be doing as a business is looking at how we can reduce our energy consumption. Um, because we can. Um, and that's part of it. If we don't like what a bill is doing, then let's do something about it. Now, if you're a manufacturing firm, I have enormous sympathies because raw material prices are going up massively. There's shortages left, right and center. And yes, they get through a lot of energy. So in the manufacturing sector, things are looking grim. But one of the big things we forget about is, of course, we are in control of the price that we choose to sell our products and services at. So if all of our input costs are going up, then we're going to have to sell at a bigger price. And we've talked about this before, about how price is also a mindset issue. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we think we think we get into a vicious circle, which is. I don't have enough money to spend. I'm worried about my uh, bills. I'm worried about this, that and everything else and fuel and everything else. Therefore, everybody else is worried about that because that's the logical conclusion that our mind jumps to. Therefore, I can't possibly ask anybody to pay any more because they haven't got any money. But actually, on the flip side of that, everybody's having to pay more because you've still got to get from A to B, heat your house, live, etc. People are having to adapt to it. And it's about saying, well, actually, if I don't put my prices up, I'm going to be in the shit. And, you know, and there's no point in offering a service that is then um basically not going to be profitable for you because you're still then working but actually you're not making ends meet in the background which is back to the return on investment argument investment exactly yes. um we don't run our businesses for love we run our no. businesses to have a living um yeah. are we going to perhaps have to trim some stuff yes everybody is but at the same time an awful lot of the stories in the media are just that. There's clickbait. Yeah. They are attention seeking. Your lived experience is allowed to be different from what's in the papers. We, you know, the UK is still the sixth largest economy in the world. We are, as a nation, not poor. We might be. No inequitable in the balance of where the money sits but we are not poor as business owners we can find new customers we're yeah. talking about a recession but a recession you know and then they talk about oh growth is flatlining um and um in terms of that and the flatlining of growth that doesn't mean that the economy has stopped. It means that the economy has stopped growing. So even in a recession, there's still loads of people 
looking to take on board new customers, new clients, and who need to invest. So one of the big things that research has shown is a recession is a really great time to ramp up your sales and marketing activity because a lot of competitors will have stopped investing in sales and marketing. So there is money to be had. There are customers out there just desperate for what you're selling. And it's again, back to our mindset around what we do with these things. So Vicky, what are the mindset implications for going out and hunting for new business in a recession? Um, it's about being very open-minded, I would say. Think about um, when you're driving on a, a motorway, for example, mm -hmm. um, you're, you know exactly where the car behind you is, where the cars to the left and right of you are, if you're in the middle lane or whichever lane you're in. You can speak to the passenger beside you. You can probably listen to some music, shout at the kids simultaneously, read the GPS and know which junction you need to pull off at. So when we're doing that, we're in something called peripheral vision. We're aware of all the opportunities and the solutions. Okay. The minute the person in front of you puts the brakes on, your focus is purely about the person in front of you. You're focused in on the problem. So you stop looking for all those solutions and opportunities. And that's what we need to do as business people. We need to stop focusing on the problem. Of inflation. Of inflation, of recession, of everything else. And start looking like, what are the opportunities that I can see here? What solutions have I got in my hands to overcome the situation that I'm currently in? Or to grow and thrive in the situation that I'm currently in? Absolutely, so, because competition is about doing better than the other people yeah that's all you've got to do is be better um being better focusing on delivery is really unsexy but it is absolutely the key to unlocking growth organic growth cheap free easy lovely growth comes from being amazing at what we do creating that buzz creating that you know the people who want to talk about how amazing you are um yeah. leads to all kinds of opportunities just by not being crap exactly and it's all about you know at this point it's that whole mindset that you need to have about um so how can I leverage the people that I've worked with before? Can I go back and ask for referrals? Can yes, I go you can. back to them and say, look, completely, I know that I really helped you. Is there anybody else in your situation that I can help at the moment? Is there yeah. anyone I can refer to? So many business owners don't look at the easy, low-hanging pickings. They think it's all got to be really difficult and complicated. So generating sales. Yeah. yeah, generating sales from pre-existing customers is 80% yeah. easier than generating sales from new customers. Yeah. Now, that is not to say that the success of your business lies in just trying to get more out of existing customers. It doesn't. You should also be looking for new customers. You have to do both. I was talking to a new client yesterday about their kind of intro service 
that is really nicely priced um and it's something where um they could sell this to customers year after year after year i went how many people have booked this this year 16. how many of you asked about doing the same thing next year two right there we go then that's 14 customers right there exactly all you have to do is phone them up and go hi how are you doing good brilliant loved working with you yeah which brings me to my next point which is that this is the time when customer service and customer nurturing is key as in you've got to stand out from the crowd you've got to be the one who's on the emails on the follow-ups on the ball you've got to be the one who's out there with your customers going oh my god they went the extra mile they were absolutely amazing let's not overdo this because we can create a huge burden for ourselves by overcooking it completely and that annoys people just as much delivery amazing delivery doing you know making sure you understand what customers expectations are and making sure that you deliver ever so slightly more than that expectation will create customer delight all of it comes from that curiosity from having conversations from not shying away from things not making assumptions just because one customer has decided to jack it all in and go and retire to the south of france doesn't mean that every customer is going to do that and doesn't mean that there aren't a whole bunch of other people who you can't work with who will be even better yeah it's about keeping that looking for those opportunities as i said when you know thinking about the driving scenario again yeah where are those opportunities coming from where have you always thought oh it'd be really nice to get into that market and is now the time to look at how you could do that um you know thinking about yes you've got your set products at the moment but is there any way they could are there any that aren't actually working for you that you just need to get rid of um are there any that you need to enhance and it's about having that global look at your business and say right what's working what's not working and if it's not working can i get it to work and if not can i get rid of it and then what am i going to replace it with what what is out there that actually would meet the market demands these days that I can um, I can leverage? And the example that springs to mind was the, the conversation that you and I had in August of 2020, which was, Vicky, you've just won two awards for working with teenagers. Why don't you have any paid services? And it completely transformed my business. It's now become 50% of my business. So my voluntary work has become 50% of my business. And... You know, I would never have thought of going into that if we hadn't had that conversation and you hadn't pointed something out and had a teenager that needed my help. Um, so it's about having those conversations. What opportunities are out there that you're not actually leveraging at the moment? Yes. And having somebody external poke, prod, annoy you, get you thinking, sowing seeds, asking you, you know, you realize there's another way of doing this and just asking, you know, allowing you to dream and allowing you to scheme. Dreaming and scheming is the most positive mental energy a business owner can have. Because when we're in in dreaming and scheming mode, our brains are fully engaged on the future, where we want to get to, how we want it to be. We're in problem solving mode and stuff 
happens. Yes, we have to back it up with the grind, which is why when we are talking to our sales demons clients, we're going, what have you achieved this week? What have you done? What was the input? Set yourself performance targets around your activity and make sure that you hit those. Because when we are brave, when we hustle, when we ask for stuff, when we have those conversations that we would love desperately to shy away from, good stuff happens. And going into a recession where everybody's losing their heads, we need to focus on work rate, which is probably the least sexy solution that we've come up with. But it's not about working longer hours. It's about being smarter. If you want to go and get new clients, go on then. Absolutely yeah. nothing stopping you, apart from your head nonsense. Exactly. Yeah. When we so make it sound so to, easy. Yeah, start focusing on the problem. Look for the solutions, the possibilities, the opportunities. And if you're struggling to do that on your own, find someone else to talk to, whether it's a professional like you and I who specialize mm -hmm. in it, or whether it's just someone else that you really trust, another business owner maybe, who's just going to sit there and go, actually, you're talking a load of rubbish. Just get on and do this stuff. <laughs> Have you thought about this? Or what about this idea? And be really open-minded to it. Yes, um, because that's where the magic happens. If you've made the decision to run your own business, you have an awful lot of the skills you need to be successful. You can work on the skills that you don't have, but ultimately, you know, work ethic will get you through. If you've talked yourself out of good practice, which we all do, go back and reflect on what was I doing when I was finding new customers? There will be two or three things that worked in combination at a certain level and you will have stopped doing them. Yeah, you'll have taught yourself out it. You'll have a self-limiting belief around that didn't work or it won't work this time. Or because you it's just got whatever. busy. Yeah, got and busy, took your eye off the ball, so whatever. once you have identified those two or three things that used to work, Go back, set yourself some performance targets and make yourself do them again. It will work again. Yeah, exactly. On that note, I think it's time to end. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. And don't forget, you can track us down on social media if you would like to talk to us about how we can help you grow your business. Thank you very much, darling. Thank you.